now at 85%. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Andrew Work, and your presenter today is Karha. Good morning, Karha. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. Hey, on today's Back Chat, we're talking about making babies, specifically measures to boost fertility in Hong Kong. The government has just introduced a Hong Kong $20,000 baby bonus, says one among a raft of policy address proposals to encourage childbirth. Many of these measures involve giving starting families a leg up in public housing and ownership. Some have called on the government to go further, including Liberal Party lawmaker Peter Shui, who is calling for an annual cash bonus of $40,000 to each grassroots family with a newborn baby until the child reaches the age of five or six. He is also suggesting that the government use more tax incentives to encourage middle-class families to have more kids. The Deputy Chief Secretary Warner Chook claims the suggestions would significantly increase the financial burden of government. And after 9.45 a.m., we'll find out more about this year's Operation Santa Claus charity event. We want to hear from you. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, email us at backchat at rthk.hk, or call us on 233-88266, and we'll put you on air. And we've got our guests lined up, ready to talk about uh, child rearing in Hong Kong. There's Paul Yip, Chair, Professor of Population Health and Department of Social Work and Social Administration at the Faculty of Social Sciences at Hong Kong University. Good morning, Professor Yip. Uh, good morning, Andrew. Good morning. Hey, great to have you on the show. And we're also welcome today uh, is Lena Wong, the founder of Entrepreneurs. Good morning, Lena. Good morning, Andrew. All right. Um, let's uh, kick off with Professor Yip. Uh, Professor, you know, you've been looking at these types of issues for some time now. Um, uh, let's start with the cash bonus, $20,000. Is that going to make a difference? Are people going to say, you know what, we weren't going to have kids, but maybe maybe we can now, 20000 bucks. <laughs> Well, I don't think this $20,000 will make the people who do not want their children to have children. But at least I think it is a sign, I think, of the government. I think they start to pay some attention, I think, to the situation. Because I think Hong Kong, our, our fertility rate has dropped down to the all-time low now. We're talking about 0.7 per women, I think, which is well below the well the so-called replacement level, 2.1. And then um, we also have not seen any signs of uh, slowing down or any signs of of rebound. So I think it is important. I think that the government uh, have to face the issue. So I think this twenty thousand dollars. I think it, if you can take it as a sign that the government is trying to pay attention, and I hope they will have more uh, so-called family-friendly policy to come in. Because what we believe that is, is you would not have a single measure which can rectify the reduction of the fertility rate. You need to have a holistic I think, measure, and then you need to create an environment which the parents, I think, they're willing to, I think, to have give birth now. Yeah. I mean, so you're saying you think it's a sign, but it's not actually going to have an impact. Yes, it's not going to have an impact. But, but what it would do, I think it will give some sort of support, I think, to the parents, uh, the, to the couples who are going to have the children. I think it is, uh, I'm not, it's a big relief, but it is just a kind of token, I mean, from the government that show that, well, we do care and we do appreciate that you have a baby, and then that is the support and that is the appreciation we're going to give it to you. But if you really want to uh, make a big uh, to change, I think you need much uh, larger or much uh, deeper impact. Now. The, the effort, now, I mean, to rectify, I think, the reversing, um, to reverse the 
decline trend. All right, uh, Lena Wong, what do you think? Well, it's literally pocket money, um, I would say. Uh, I agree with Professor. Um, I don't think it would change the mind of people who never wanted to have kids all of a sudden wake up and want to have kids now. Um, versus if it's something more like a monthly support, maybe that would make a difference. Um, this like 20,000 one time off is really icing on the cake. Um, I do agree that you know if the government really wants to um, change uh, the situations, um, there must be a more holistic approach. Uh, we need definitely um, more holistic um, daycare support. Um, we need to have the trained personnel to run the daycare. Uh, we need to have the proper land use to build daycare. And so it's not something that you can change in just three years, um, you know, 20,000 incentives. I mean, so, uh, but yeah, if you are optimistic, that's uh, a baby step. Gotcha. I mean, the, the 20,000 wasn't the only measure, but it seems to be the one that people have seized on because it's easiest to understand. I mean, there was a lot of other things in the policy address about child rearing. Did you look at any of the other measures? What do you think of those? Um, it's a little bit of improvement. Um, I think the government, if I recall, as far as I remember, has been talking about you know, um, daycare um, support and how they want to utilize the community um, uh, support. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, finally, there are some sign of after school care um, that they want to increase that quota. Um, so that's a little bit of a positive sign. But still, I think, you know, compared to other developed countries, um, we certainly need to build a lot more daycare. Yep. Uh, we're heavily relied on the um, the grandparents and the foreign domestic helper to help support that, and um, which doesn't make sense in the long run. Mm. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I want to like go back to what uh, Professor Yip uh, mentioned about uh, because he mentioned about uh, like after this twenty thousand. 20,000 baby bonus like coming out and then maybe there is more uh, family-friendly uh, policy will come out. But so far, do you think actually Hong Kong is a good place to raise a baby? Well, I think um, uh, the other major consideration of the uh, parents is, is worry about the education and also um, the living costs. Uh, I, well, I mean, given um, how much we say it is very expensive to raise a child in Hong Kong, but we still have 30,000 births each year. So I think what we really have to work on it is how to improve the environment and especially uh, what, what the parents they are concerned about. For example, I think they worry about their living environment, they're living about their living space. Everybody knows that it is very expensive I mean, to have spacious accommodation in Hong Kong. So I think now the government is trying uh, to um, let the couples who have young kids, I think they have a priority to go to the subsidized housing. So I think it is good. And also, I think the government is also trying to work on to improve the educational environment in Hong Kong, and then uh, which make it less exam orientated, and then to provide more uh, opportunities for young people. Because at this, um, I'm sure, I mean, uh, every parent 
students, they are complaining about the educational system in Hong Kong, even in the kindergarten. They are facing a lot of pressure to get into the school that they want to go to. So I think these are the things that are very important, I think, um, to create an environment which is uh, suitable, I think, to raise a child, I think, in Hong Kong. So you think the biggest pressures are not that, that people have on their minds are not necessarily involved in the early years of life, the first year, second year, third year, but really the, the, the long, hard grind of Hong Kong <laughs> education, which is as tough on the parents as it is on the kids. Is it, do, do you think it's more the, do, do you think that's what people are more concerned with? I think the, the, the people, I think they, they really like to see their children, they can grow up in a happy place and then with hope. And then with the with their well-being, you know, I think so. I think there's a lot of uh, parents. I think they are actually they are very responsible parents. I mean, they do not want to uh, have a baby that they grow up in a very hostile, very competitive, very stressful environment. So, so, so I think this is the really um, you're right. You no, know, it is not only the first two years. I mean, with, um, but it's really a lifetime, or it is an overall well-being of. Hong Kong, whether Hong Kong is really a place that I think we can live here, we can work here, and then we can live here and work here happily. Now, I think that is very important. Yeah. Uh, Lena, what do you think? I mean, if the government's objective is to get people to have more children, period, uh, are the concerns that people have more about the early one, two, three years, or is it, or do you think it's more the, like I said, the what, what they have to deal with during the years when kids are doing education? Um, I think for the grassroots, um, perhaps the first few years will be challenging um, because they have to face their financial burden. Um, You know, one of them would have to leave the workforce to look after the young child. Mm. Um, But for middle class and well-educated people, um, yeah, the major concern would be schooling. And there's always a myth. Um, I remember when I was young, you know, coming back to Hong Kong, there's this myth that I think it takes four million to raise a kid, four million Hong Kong dollars. That was like 20 years ago. And so um, uh, it's always, I, uh, yeah, it takes four million Hong Kong, yeah. which now I think is probably double at least. <laughs> but it's really up to the parents. I send my kids to uh, public school. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it's a matter of choice. And I live quite remote, so I can have more space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are in this competitive environment in Hong Kong that everyone set a very high standard and bar for ourselves and for our children. Um, so, uh, yeah, but of course, having said that, uh, it's still a very competitive environment for my children. Um, and uh, as parents, uh, I constantly have to, um, you know, just kind of hypnotize myself not to, you know, be pressured by the peer, yeah. other parents, I mean, <clears throat> and also tell my kids that, you know, just try your best. And, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, money is certainly is one issue, but it's the overall environment and it's definitely up to the parents, you know, what's an environment you're building for the children. Yeah. But for the younger generations, that's, I think I've been talking to a lot of young people, um, you know, since I'm in women empowerment, I've often talked to a lot of young women. Um, about the future, and yeah, I think the professor is right. A lot of concern is about that whole myth of competitiveness that really scared people off. Um, you know, I, have, I had a friend of mine years ago, and he asked me to help him check a PowerPoint he was preparing uh, for his kid to get into a preschool. <laughs> a portfolio. 
And yes. it, it was part, it was part of the portfolio. He wanted me to like review the English form, and they had a slide in that claimed that his child had very competitive play skills. Wow! To get into a preschool, I'm like, what are competitive play schools? I mean, like, I, I didn't. Probably freeze uh, four different languages. I was like, how do you compete at like playtime? I didn't get it. Um, but you know, that that was to get into a preschool, and and Lena, you came pretty hard out of the gates, saying daycare, daycare, daycare. Um, you know, yeah. when I when I when I yeah. return on holiday to, to North America, er, of the parents of young children, mm-hmm. they're just obsessed with daycare, getting to daycare, being late to daycare, dropping the. It, it is like the focal point of every day, and it, they are obsessed with yep. it, and it makes them crazy. Like all they talk about is daycare. They're, they're the most boring people to hang out with, and it is like the torture of their lives getting their kids to and from daycare. What's and they, you kind of said? Domestic helpers aren't, you know, part of the answer. But man, I. Having seen the other side, domestic helpers look like a pretty good solution compared to, you know, the, all the problems with daycare in North America. Why, why are well, you so keen on it? Well, it, most people are going to hate me. Uh, I, I have to, <laughs> oh. you know, I have to say a disclaimer. I have, I have helper. Like I have a great auntie at home. Mm. Um, I'm actually not in Hong Kong, so obviously <laughs> someone is helping at home. Um, but we're all spoiled. Uh, I'm in New York now. I talk to people here, and it's oh, like, you're, yeah, you're not in Hong Kong, but, but you still live in Hong Kong. I'm not in Hong Kong right now. at the moment. I, oh no, I'm not in Hong Kong this week. Yes. Oh, I see. You live here, right? Um, okay. Yes. Yes, I live here. Um, and so, um, yeah, we we are we are pretty spoiled in Hong Kong. Uh, but if we were to have proper daycare, like what you have in North America or Europe, everyone has to pick up the kid at five. If you don't pick up your kids at five, they will start charging you penalty. Oh. And so one of you, either you or your husband, have to figure it out. And so, and it was like I grew up in Canada. So in Canada, if you don't pick up your kids like three times, they'll ask you not to keep your kids there. Yeah. Because they don't want to work overtime. So um, everyone has to do this parents' responsibility, which in Hong Kong we outsource parenting. We outsource parenting to our our own parents, uh, to um, the school, to our helper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, yeah, I guess it's, 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 it's part of life. Um, and we are just so lucky uh, in Hong Kong to have these great ladies from, you know, overseas helping us to look after the kids. But ultimately, um, to be honest, they are also not properly trained, early childhood, you know, a professional. Um, and so, uh, Perhaps because I grew up in a boarding school when I was young, I believe in having a proper education environment for young children. Um, and so, uh, if you know both parents need to go to work, there should be proper facilities in place to look after the young children. Or we should have longer maternity leave, but mm. we only have 14 weeks in Hong Kong and not fully paid. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's just a matter of choice, and I guess um, we kind of find the easy way out to have these great ladies coming, you know, from overseas to help us. Hmm. Uh, Paul, Paul Yip, uh, what do you think of the, the, this comment on family, family structure, and, and, and the environment in the home? I mean, can Hong Kongers provide that? Is it under the current circumstances? Well, I think to a certain extent we are very fortunate. I think um, to have the foreign domestic helper, I think, um, I think to assist, I think the uh, looking after the babies, I couldn't imagine that without them, I think our the fertility rate could go even further down. You know? But it is true that I think in order um, to give a good environment to bring up our um, our 
uh, our children, I think some support, some training, I think should be provided, I think, to the helpers and such that I think um, they can provide a really a better uh, learning experience or a growing experience for our infants, you know. According to a lot of studies, you know, I mean, that our brain development, I mean, it is most active, I mean, in the first 18 months, you know. So I think these are the time that I think we should pay more attention to it. And also when you talk about um, um, this sort of, uh, the people have to rush to the daycare to pick up their babies, I think it is somehow it is reflection, I think, of the whole society, how much we are willing to accommodate or to contribute, I think, to um, the, um, this sort of raising the children in the community. You know? A lot of time we think that raising a baby you know, is, is, your, uh, it is, your, uh, is your personal choices. But I think it comes to the point that I think everyone should contribute a bit more, just like the daycare center. I think we might have to be a bit more flexible, I think, to show, show more tolerance, I think, for the working parents. I think they might be coming late, you know, to pick up the baby. It's not they want to be late, you know, it is to work, make them late. And at the same time, and then we hope the business sectors, you now they also have to be more, more sympathetic, I mean, to the to these working parents. I mean, they really have to strike a um, this sort of work-life balance or family-friendly working environment such that they would have sufficient time, I mean, to leave uh, their work, I mean, to, to, to come to pick up the baby. So I think it has become not an individual issue now because when we are really facing such an extremely low fertility rate, there's a lot of parents, I think they have to make a hard choice whether they want to pursue their career or they form their family. So, so and then how come in Western countries, you know, in Europe, and then how come the women, they can have both, you know, why the yep. women in Hong Kong, they have to make these hard choices, you know, you either go for one or the other, but, but you don't have to, you know. But Western Western countries aren't having babies either, with the exception of the United States. I mean, oh, no, and, the no, Amer- no, and the Americans are having kids because they're religious. I mean, <laughs> religious hostility is associated with well, you know, childbearing. No, when you see in Sweden, I think in Norway, I mean, they are they are they are TFR is about one point eight, and then their women working participation rate is about eighty to ninety percent, which is they do allow. I think the working women. I mean, they have both. You no, know? I mean, you can have your family, and you still can have the job. But I think in Hong Kong, I mean, these long working hours and, and sometimes not so sympathetic uh, boss, no, I mean, which make it very difficult. No? I mean, even, even 1.8 is still below the replacement rate. Karha? Yeah, well, and also actually, like, uh, the responsibility is huge when we decide to have a baby or, like, even raise a baby. So, um, actually, another point of, like, the reason that Hong Kong may be having a very like low birth weight is because our like I mean the potential parents their mindset their mentality is different right now. For example, they are not getting rushed to uh, get into the marriage or like um, thinking having a baby, raising a child is a very big responsibility. That's why they hesitated. So actually, do you think? Um, like the government can help or some association can help somehow for this point, like change our mindset or educate like more. Well, I think in our study, it showed that I think the um, this uh, mindset change is, is not easy because I think it's not just you cannot brainwash the people because I think <laughs> it is uh, what they have to feel they need and and 
they out. But the other thing which is missing in the policy address is it's about these people, I think they are not getting married or they marry late. Mm. And for these women, I mean, even they would like to have the baby and they would not have the opportunity to have the baby. So I think now we are only addressing about, I would say, 10 or 20% of the women who like to have the baby, who 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 have got married, who have some financial consideration, mm. and then you make it easier. But I think the majority or the main bulk of the problem, we have not addressed yet. This is, yeah. I think these the people, they're not getting married and they're very married so late and they like to have the baby and then they could not have the baby. So what we really want to say that we really have to change the mindset of the women, you have to have the family planning, you plan yourself well, and such that I think you will not be disappointed. Yeah, Lena, what do you think of this question of, uh, you know, just broad cultural, people just say, nah, I'm not getting married, I'm getting married later, I'm, uh, I mean, is there is there any way to change it as a cultural mindset? And I guess uh, some really well-established women even decide to freeze the eggs and think that, you know, as a hatch, they will have a baby one day. Um, uh, and, and to be honest, there are also uh, people facing challenges of uh, infertility. Um, uh, it took us, it took me and my husband five years to have our first kid. Um, and it surprised me a lot. I thought, you know, having a kid shouldn't be in a big issues. Um, so I guess it's just the whole environment, um, um, you know, the whole culture of how, um, like, say for example, employers um, provide enough supports and policies um, yeah. um, that show their, their staff members that they support people having children but is, and whether it, they provide enough flexibility. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, the, isn't the culture connected to the infertility, though? I mean, the number of women I talk to that are 35 and saying, oh, I got lots of time to have kids. And, you know, you talk to any obstetrician, they're like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I got lots of time to have kids. Oh, no, I heard about a woman who was 60 and she had a baby. It's fine. I'm sure everything will work out. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's I, I, bananas. Yeah. <laughs> One of the leading investment bank in in Hong Kong. Uh, also, I think they provide some financial support for the uh, female staff to uh, freeze their eggs mm. yeah, um, yeah. as a way to um, let them continue working hard. And it, I, I tell a lot of my girlfriends who make that decisions that like, yeah, you can do that, but yeah, you also have to watch your health. Yeah. Like when you're like 45, you think it worked? I'm not too sure. I, so, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. 40, 45, it's, it's, I'm sure there are obstetricians listening to this right now and they're like, 45, yeah. that's when you're going to start having kids? Are you mad? I mean, we're well, I, I have my first one. <laughs> I have my first one at the age of 35. And when yeah. I had my second one at 37, it was a lot harder at 37. Yeah, my even wife. Even though it's only two years apart. No, I hear you. My yeah. wife was 30, 36 and 39 for our two kids. But, you know, all of our friends yeah. that were in that age group were going through miscarriage after miscarriage that they never talked about. Yeah. I mean, yes. that, that's what yes. people, everyone's so, like, oh, I heard a woman was 43 had a kid. Great. Everybody talks about that. Nobody talks about all yeah. the miscarriages. Yeah. That, that does not yes. get talked about. Uh, yes. We're we're built so, to have kids at eighteen, uh, <laughs> you know, frankly. <laughs> Sorry, I studied biology. Chinese, yeah, eighteen or eighteen twenty two, right? But now we have kids when we're forty. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So I think the private sectors. Um, to me, I think if you know we can end the public sectors, uh, as as you know we have the biggest you know employer, the government should provide more things like job sharing, flexible work arrangement, so that it creates this environment for. You know, um, those who are ready to have kids and the younger, you know, generations seeing the possibilities of having both, like the professor was saying. I mean, I remember being in Canada, like it's such a norm to just tell your boss that, oh, I have to go at four because I have to keep, pick up the kids. And so 
as a young woman, if I saw my supervisor leaving work at four because she has a family commitment, then I'm like, oh yeah, right. That makes it possible for me to also have a child. So can I? Yeah. But in Hong Kong, yeah, in Hong Kong, my boss have been working till ten, you know, eleven. Like as a junior, like how can I leave the office before her <laughs> or him? Yeah. And the man as well. Men yeah. also have to go home early. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's a very um, it's a whole social expectations of what um, you know a, a professional uh, would have to do. But I think so far we've been like focusing more on the uh, more well established, um, I guess, middle class above, um, and then at, at the same time we have the low income parents who also face a lot of challenge. Yeah. And so um, some of the policy, uh, to be honest, might help to relieve some of the pressure. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get I into some more. Would, yeah. yeah, we're yeah. gonna get into some more of those policies after the news. Lena is uh, Lena Wong, okay. the founder of Montpreneurs, is gonna be staying with us. Uh, we're gonna be bringing a new guest on, one of our Ledgeco members, Eunice Young. Uh, we're gonna say goodbye to Paul Yip, who is the chair, of professor, of population health, Department of Social Work and Social Administration, Faculty of Social Sciences at Hong Kong U. Thank you for joining us this morning, Professor Yip. Having a quick look at the weather, mainly cloudy with sunny intervals and one or two rain patches. So. I mean, take an umbrella if you feel like you want to be safe or you can, you know, gamble. Uh, max temperature will be about 29 degrees. Outlook for the weekend is mainly cloudy and windy. Over the weekend, temperatures will fall later on Sunday, which will be nice. Cooler in the morning and at night and the following couple of days with a minimum temperature of around 20 degrees. Current temperature at uh, in Hong Kong is 27 degrees Celsius. We are at 83% humidity. And this is Back Chat. And now the news with Carol Musgrave. Vice Premier Hurley Fung and the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen have begun two days of economic talks in San Francisco ahead of an expected meeting between the leaders of the two countries at next week's APEC summit. Mr. Hur told Ms. Yellen that maintaining frequent exchanges between China and the U.S. would deepen mutual understanding. President Biden has welcomed Israel's decision to formalize brief humanitarian pauses in the fighting in northern Gaza, calling it a step in the right direction. The White House says the daily four-hour breaks should help Palestinian civilians escape the worst of the violence and allow aid in. And the father of the Liverpool footballer, Luis Diaz, has been released by a Colombian rebel group nearly two weeks after his abduction from his hometown in northern Colombia sparked a big manhunt. Luis Manuel Diaz was reportedly handed over to United Nations officials, accompanied by a medical team. I'll have more news for you at 10 o'clock. The Chief Executive's 2023 policy address seeks to enhance the growth impetus of our economy and our well-being. We will press ahead with major infrastructure projects and different industries, attract top-notch enterprises and talent, develop Hong Kong as an international hub for higher education, and cultivate local technical professionals. We will promote childbearing and take good care of the elderly. We will protect our health and build our home together. A vibrant economy for a caring community. This policy address belongs to each of us. Want to be a perfect employer? You have to pay wages and make MPF contributions on time. Remember to make MPF contributions and submit remittance statements on or before the 10th day of each month. If there are public holidays on or before the 10th of the month, you should arrange your MPF contributions earlier. A 5% surcharge will be imposed for late contributions. Use electronic services to make timely and accurate contributions. 
And we're back on Back Chat. I'm Andrew Work here today with Car Ha, and we are talking about uh, how the government measures to encourage more baby making. Uh, we got a couple of emails and comments on our Facebook page. <clears throat> it's, uh, we got a double hit of Mike and another Mike. Uh, Mike sent us an email that says, it seems in 1978 to 1984, uh, there was a, after that, there was a great baby boom. Why? Political stability and job opportunities. You get that, and the kids will come. And uh, thank you for that. And on our Facebook page, uh, he's quoting from the opening. Proposals were rejected by the Deputy Chief Secretary Warner Chook, who said suggestions would significantly increase the financial burden of government. And he says, duh. And that is the same reason thinking that adults living on the edge of financial stability aren't having children is one of the reasons. So, And he says the second point is stress. And, uh, you know, you can go check it out on our Facebook page. He talks about starting to have a family in his 30s where he had to take a month off and then afterwards uh, his wife got pregnant and the vacations came to an end so uh feel free to give us a call or comment on our facebook page we're joined uh, continuing with lena wong the founder of Entrepreneurs, and joining us now uh, also is eunice young a lawmaker with the new people's party good morning eunice hello morning it's been a long time um yeah yeah we've i mean since you and i have talked um, so we're since uh, so we're, so we're talking about measures in the government uh, the government has put forward, um, mm-hmm. and one of the ones that <clears throat> hasn't gotten I think as much attention are the arrangements that relate to public housing, and yep. uh, you know they're going to be giving people a leg up they're going to be moving them up in the lineup to get public flats. Uh, yep. Do you think this is can, can you just talk a little bit about some of those measures and do you think they will help? Um, actually, we have uh, suggested to the government that uh, for, the, for the baby bonus, for the reward, and th- this has been taken. We have been suggesting since last year uh, for the for the budget. So, so we are glad that um, the government has taken take, taken this, this issue seriously, and uh, and also um, in la- in this year the budget in in June two three, he also increased the. Uh, the basic child allowance from uh, 120,000 to 130,000. So, so we believe that the government has is uh, is um, being serious on the on the childbirth on the policy on the childbirth. So, because um, in in previous session in in logical sessions, um, the the government seems to be um, he he all, always using the word um, we we the government won't intervene on the childbirth on on the policy on childbirth because it's something um, um, be, very personal and and. It's, it varies uh, among different families, so we, we see that uh, the, the government is doing doing more policies on um, on encouraging more childbirth in Hong Kong. And for this year, well, we suggest that the, the, the twenty thousand, uh, the twenty thousand, the reward, and this has been taken. And also, um, apart from that, we all also suggested early this year that um, um, the government should introduce progressive tax allowance. Starting from the second child, the tax allowance should be increased by $25,000. And, and if you have more child, that um, more more allowance that you have, you, you will receive. But the government didn't didn't um, take in this advice. And uh, we see that there are more less co-members suggesting the same um, in in recently. So um, we, we we know that um, um, financial financial in- incentive is one of the um, uh, very useful. Uh, tools to increase childbirth, but um, um, we regret that the government didn't take this year. But um, nevertheless, the government has um, increased at least has been one of the advice that uh, the twenty thousand the twenty thousand uh, birth reward to be given to the to the new babies. 
Okay, and wh- but how about them? I mean, one of the things in Hong Kong is the, the small flats and getting access to housing, and the government has uh, uh, the families with newborns flat selection priority scheme, uh, essentially giving families with newborn babies priority in public housing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you do you think at, that's going to help? At, yeah. At, at least there uh, for for the for the for the for the underprivileged for for those who are lining up for a long time, um, who have who will have babies, um, and I, I think this one of the very good incentive for those who who want to form families and who wants to have uh, have babies uh, in in the new new future. So um, for re- reducing for a year, I think it's uh, at least it's greatly um, probably more than thirty percent of the time wait. Um, so I, I think it's a very good Good incentive for and and for for the for the planning for the for the family planning, um, they will have more space for the for the for the children's uh, development. So I, I think we we are all welcome this 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 uh, policy. Okay, Lena, what do you think? Are the are the new uh, measures for public housing going to help? Um, I think certainly for certain um, certain people it would help, but if you're looking at the middle class and above, um, no. <laughs> okay. Um, it seems like it's not really helping much. Um, you know, it's still going to be the same competitive environment. It's still going to be the long working hours. Uh, at one point, we had even a hard time, you know, hiring domestic helper. Um, yes, yeah, still the same challenge that they mm-hmm. have to face. Okay, we have a caller on the line, Tony. Uh, Tony, what uh, what what are you thinking this morning? Hey, um, nice to talk to you. First. Thanks. Um, okay, so I'm a father of three. I have three children. I uh, I. Uh, they are four-year-old, two-year-old, and two-year-old. Mm. So this year, when um, John Lee said he's going to give out twenty thousand to newborn babies, um, we feel it's a bit unfair because um, our children were born during COVID times, and um, it was a, it was really hard for parents to take care of their children um, during the pandemic. So now the pandemic is over, and the government wants to um, give out cash handouts. I think um, the government should. Uh, to think of us as well as a reward, like um, to yeah, yeah, for uh, the, all the efforts that we put in in the past few years, and also <clears throat> I uh, I agree with it that the other um, uh, guests on the program that um, if the, uh, the 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 program to um, speed up uh, proper housing for newborn uh, families with newborn babies is not um, is helpful, but um, for middle-class uh, families like us is not really helping a lot because we we, we won't qualify the, uh, for the public housing and subsidized um, housing anyway. Mm. So um, I I think uh, what the lawmakers have been suggesting, for example, the progressive tax allowance and uh, even the annual um, subsidy for uh, young children uh, make a lot of sense to people like me. Okay, but you think you might have, you might have missed the bus uh, on on these things? I guess if the government's if the government's encouraging baby making, Tony, you, you you're a, you're a star performer already with three kids. I mean, you're you've yeah. outperformed. Yeah. They, they've already got you. You're, you're not going to have another three kids, right? No, uh, no, no, uh, no. I'm not because yeah, um, yeah. So uh, from my example is that even if the government gives us more money. Um, uh, so to newborn babies, we're not going to make more babies because we already have three, and we know how hard it is to uh, to take care of our kids. So, mm. but we, we just want the government to uh, not only to give out money to encourage people to make to make uh, to give birth to more babies, but also um, to uh, to lot, lots and lots of um, families, middle class families, who already have um, have uh, one. 
children. Yeah, already have children at, at home. They also need a lot of support. Um, one more thing is that um, I, uh, my wife, uh, I, I feel that the, uh, uh, the labor market is not is still uh, not well, uh, not ready to to welcome uh, full time mothers who want to return to the job market. Mm. Um, so. Uh, uh, for example, my my wife is a very well educated woman. She has a uh, postgraduate degree, but she took four to five years um, off from the job market mm. just to take care of these three three kids. And now, when she wants to find a job, like um, uh, even like part time jobs, um, the um, employers don't really um, seem to be very welcoming. Mm. So I think it's it's quite uh, uh, compared with the twenty thousand dollars. This is even more unfair to our to our women because. Yeah, if if uh, of, of course you could have insisted on working um, full time sure. uh, uh, and leaving the, the babies with the with the domestic helper, right? Could but have. We, we want, yeah. But we, we want we want our newborns to be taken care of of the mothers. That's uh, that's the best yeah. for them. Gotcha. But now when when they're ready yeah. to get back, yeah, no one, no one wants to hire them. Duly noted, uh, Tony. Thanks for coming on the show today. Maybe the uh, tight labor market will uh, help in that situation. Thanks for coming on. Eunice, um, do you think the government's focus is correct in trying to encourage people to make babies <clears throat> versus helping anybody with kids? I mean, I mean, if you've already had if you already have kids, maybe the government wants to help yeah. families, but they should have yeah. separate measures for that. Is that is that distinct from the promoting baby making policy? Yeah, some says that. Yeah, some says that the twenty thousand dollar doesn't really make a difference because it. Um, of course, there are so many uh, expenses to be to be taken out uh, for for a newborn and to to take care for the for the mother. So um, we, we we do think the tax uh, concessions, the 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 allowance, the progressive tax allowance, we do for even for the middle middle class um, uh, workers and for the families because uh, some some complaints that oh even for the for the for the housing for the for the short uh, shorten of the time for the for the line for the housing is only for the underprivileged and for the public housing and and they are, they won't be benefit for the for the middle middle class so um, we we. For the new People's Party, we suggested the progressive tax allowance. Um, the the if you hire a foreign domestic helper, there will tax allowance. So these all measures will help for the middle class. So we we do hope the government will consider that uh, next year for the for the next year policy address. So um, it's actually kind of a step by step to do some like encouragement methods to uh, encourage the potential parents to have their baby. And but. For example, I would like to know if uh, how if the government can help uh, with something, encourage the corporate to do better, like provide mm -hmm. a better environment to the uh, potential parents. Like that, that is what I <laughs> describe yeah. it like too. Uh, because the corp the corporate actually need to cover more causes if more parents or more mm -hmm. people want to have their child. So it's like the government can also help with this aspect. Yeah, I, I do think the government should actively promote the family-friendly um, workplaces. Um, for for example, to considering to establishment of the family-friendly enterprise certificate. So if they have this certificate, they will have a more more tax um, allowance, more tax incentive, um, um, and also to protect the rights and interests for the women and for the maternity benefits. So I think for the for the corporate side, the government should do more on the on the education and do promoting on the, the, for, the for the family friendly um, situation. Yeah, Lena Wong, right Right now when the government uh, forces companies to do things, typically they, they involve more costs for the government. Do you think they should 
build things in, like maybe if they have to pay maternity uh, leave, then they should get a tax break for that. More, more, more carrot, less stick. What do you think, Lena? Uh, certainly, it, it will help um, to if the government can provide more incentive. Um, you know, uh, I, I know it's brutal, but we're constantly being compared against Singapore. Um, so they do get full maternity uh, paid, uh, 16 weeks, and eight of them, uh, eight out of 16, is paid by the government. And I think in Hong Kong, it's only four weeks out of the 14. Um, and so it's, it would make a huge difference. And so it's really up to the employer, you know, how much um, benefits they are providing to their staff members um, and making it very hard. And besides, I think um, the government should be, uh, I always like to say that I think the government should be the first employer providing all the flexible work mm -hmm. and arrangement. And also, you know, um, even job sharing, like one job shared by two people. So literally two part-time staff, which, I, it rarely exists in Hong Kong, but um, in places like UK and in Canada, um, usually it's the public sectors that offer those opportunities, and it will provide a lot more flexibilities um, and opportunities for a woman like um, you know Tony just now. You know he mentioned his wife having a challenge, and this is, mm. you know, our organization tries very hard to provide opportunities for women uh, mothers um, to uh, be able to return to work. And that's why we promote, um, you know, starting the business as a way, one of the means to to you know gain the confidence and you know, stay stay in the market. Uh, ultimately, you know, when there's job opportunities um, where they can return to the corporate, um, yeah, half of our fellows probably want to in our fellowship program probably want to return to the workforce um, to work for corporate. Um, yeah. we, we've got just a little bit of time left um, for each of you. If you could see one measure, just one. Just one. What will be your number one measure that you would want to see introduced uh, in the budget when Paul Chan does it later? I will. I would suggest the tax reduction, the the, the the tax allowance, the progressive tax allowance, because it will benefit for all of the families who already have uh, kids and who will have kids. So um, we we do hope that uh, this policy will carry out. So progressive tax allowance you get more you get more of a tax break the more kids you have and you want it for all families uh not yes. just people that have newborns going forward is that yes of course yes of course okay uh th that's Eunice and Lena what's your what's your number one thing that you would want to see in the budget that could help that you think would encourage more baby making I would agree with Eunice I think it's uh, <laughs> more long-term benefits mm. because as you know it's not just one time off um support Okay, there you have it from Lena Wong, the founder of Entrepreneurs, and Eunice Young, lawmaker from New People's Party. Thank you for joining us today on Backchat. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And we're back on Backchat. It's Andrew Work and Karha, and we are talking Operation Santa Claus with uh, RTHK3's star personality shines okay. through the radio waves like a beacon to the people of Hong Kong and over the internet to the rest of the world. It's Noreen Mir. Good morning, Andrew and Car. How are you? Fantastic. And all the years I've been doing back, I think it's the first time I've had you on the show, Noreen. I know. What an honor. Except Thank for you. when we used to do the show together like a thousand years ago before the invention of radio. What are you talking about? I just joined RTHK. Really our, our new, our new up-and-coming 20-something star. So, Noreen, we're talking Operation Santa Claus. Um, I can't believe there's anybody in Hong Kong who doesn't know what it is. But on the off chance, somebody just moved to Hong Kong. They're listening to the show. Tell us, what is 
Operation Santa Claus. Yes, thank you so much, Andrew. Operation Santa Claus, it's a wonderful charity initiative that's co-organized by RTHK's Radio 3 and also the South China Morning Post. It's been going on for 36 years. Uh, It's an incredible initiative because under this one umbrella of Operation Santa Claus, this year we're supporting 15 charities. Um, And in the past we've supported maybe 15 a year, 16 a year. I think Mm -hmm. one year we supported 23 charities. And um, imagine just, because there's so many worthy causes here in Hong Kong, sometimes you just don't know which ones to donate to. So when you donate to Operation Santa Claus, you know, it gets spread out to the 15 different causes. How, um, how do you choose? Who, is, there, is there a committee or is it, how are they chosen? Yeah, so I'm not part of that selection committee, but I do know that there are f- several considerations. I think they have charities which serve perhaps the elderly and then some which are health services, some maybe for uh, youth, some maybe for children, some maybe other marginalized group uh, such as uh, uh, pregnant women, migrant workers. So there are different uh, categories that they try to fit in. So on Wednesday, uh, just last Wednesday, two days ago, we had the opening ceremony right here at Broadcasting House mm. uh, in Studio One, and it was a fantastic event. The theme was Magic Moments. Okay. And the thinking behind it is it's wonderful to be able to create these magical moments for these beneficiaries. You know, just something with a lot of hope. That's something that we can give back to the community. And on that day, we had uh, our officiating uh, guest was the financial secretary, Paul Chan. Very cool. Yes, a cool guy. And he came because in the past two years, due to the pandemic, we've had to have uh, various different launches uh, via videos. So it's really nice to be able to have everybody uh, in the in the studio for, for this launch ceremony. And a Apart from Paul Chan, who was one of the officiating guests, our guest of honor, we also had uh, Paul Wong, who is the South China, who represented the South China Morning Post. Uh, he's the consul general uh, for them, and of course, our very own director of broadcasting, Eddie Jung, um, also was one of the officiating guests. And uh, the magician of the evening was Harry Wong, renowned magician Harry Wong, and our ambassador this year for Operation Santa Claus is singer, singer-songwriter Robin Ip. Fantastic. Is, is magic a little bit easier on radio? <laughs> yes. Hey, Noreen, guess my card. <laughs> yes. So, um, so this year we didn't broadcast it on Radio 3, but we did uh, broadcast it on Facebook Live. So people oh, will wow. be able to enjoy uh, the, the wonderful music that we had. We had bands, we had General Lino and the Captains, and we also had an up-and-coming singer, uh, Joanne, um, singing for us as well. We also had uh, Steph, uh, Steffi Lee, who's a harmonica, who plays the harmonica, harmonicist. No, that's not the right word for it. Somebody I'm going to go plays with harmonicist, the harmonica. Sure. <laughs> if, a, if anybody wants to come on our Facebook page and tell us what you call someone who plays a harmonica, go for it. <laughs> so that was the opening ceremony on Wednesday. It was quite the event uh, that was happening. Um, if I can uh, tell you a little bit more about uh, the charities that we're supporting this year. We can't stop you, so go for it. <laughs> so we're supporting, as I mentioned, 15 charities. And there, there's a range of charities that we support. So there's Rain Lily. And this year, their project, they'll be providing legal assistance to survivors of sexual violence through uh, legal and, and uh, through legal uh, professions. And we've got the St. Barnabas Society and Home. Uh, they are a wonderful charity that looks after the elderly. And this year they're providing assessment for 100 underprivileged uh, elderly people for fall and fracture prevention. Because Oof. that's a big one. You know, sure. once 
when we're older, if we fall, then th- that's not a good sign. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could tell you stories about that. Not me, but you know, old people in my life. But anyway, no, carry on. Yeah. Talk about the charities. Absolutely. Give us more. Give us more, Noreen. Yes, here's more. And then we've also got SC, uh, SLCO, which is um, uh, Sign Language Community Resources. Uh, this is really this is a wonderful charity that's close to my heart. Um, they teach uh, sign language to special education needs children, and it's a great way to alleviate frustration for children who may not be able to use oral language to communicate. Mm. And sign language is really such a great bridge and tool for people to, for, for children and adults to communicate, really. Um, so they'll be providing training there. At Teens Key Hong Kong, another great charity that works with the youth. And this year, their project will be providing consensual communication amongst youths, 200 youths specifically, to prevent sexual violence and harassment. And Yama Foundation They'll be offering a one-to-one adaptive yoga therapy and also group expression classes to 120 low-income special education needs children and young adults. That also warms my heart so much. I'm glad to see a lot of uh, services for special education needs because I I know parents with kids who have those needs. And man, it is tough to get education and services for kids with special needs. Absolutely. I think think education in Hong Kong, well, globally, is very cutthroat. And when you just have a child that... That's different. Mm. Um, you just need, you know, it takes a village to, to, to raise them and, and any help that you can get. Uh, the Zubin Foundation uh, is once again our beneficiary this year. They'll be launching uh, an SEN center that serves ethnic minority children and their families specifically. Mm. So I was on the children's page. Now uh, we've got things to do with our food. Um, Foodling Foundation is also one of our charities this year. And they'll be collecting because food waste is such a huge problem mm-hmm. here in Hong Kong. So why not collect this food that's not being used um, to to provide assistance to 3,600 underprivileged individuals in their new initiative called Food Link Mart? So they'll be I know, reselling. I know Food Link. I think they do a lot of work with Park and Shop. Yes, I think yeah. they collect food yeah. from various supermarket chains mm-hmm. uh, in order to redistribute it. Because a lot of the times, the food itself is still edible, but people might not pick the apple that's a bit sort of looks a bit weird or yeah. the banana that looks a bit brown but actually we need an ugly we need an ugly we need an ugly fruit movement like they have in france maybe Raphael, our producer can tell us about it someday so <laughs> yeah i see him nodding in the background he knows all about it so who, yeah. who else have we got yep um we've also got the children chiropractic foundation they'll be helping deprived and and uh, children with their spinal health by providing them with rehab exercises and also christian action uh, a wonderful charity that works with the refugees and asylum seekers here in Hong Kong. They'll be providing training and also job opportunities uh, for refugees, for 100 recognized refugees here in the city. I know those guys. Jeffrey Andrews, I mean, they're not specifically Catholic, so the Pope's not going to make him a saint, but he is a saint in my books. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They do great work. The whole team does so much good work for for the asylum seekers uh, and the community here in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. We've also got Integrated Brilliant Education. uh, Really, Manoj and Gitanjali Da, they're the ones uh, behind Eibel, and they've started a kindergarten that will specifically serve, um, well, they'll serve local children, but also have, have a special dimension where they will serve ethnic minority children and marginalized children, because it's difficult to learn Cantonese. And when your parents don't speak Cantonese or Chinese, 
it's it makes it more difficult, you know. I can see Nuren's trying not to laugh at but she's looking right at me saying it's difficult to learn Cantonese. <laughs> Andrew's been here twenty seven years and his Cantonese is awful. Yes, I'm it, pointing. Is, it is yeah. it is very and my wife speaks Cantonese, but she doesn't want me to learn. That's part of the problem. <laughs> So actually, like uh, it is really a very meaningful event, and how the public can join this event, like support the campaign. Yeah, that's right. This public, uh, this campaign is definitely open to the public. We've got a website which is oschk.org, and they all the information is up there. They can get in touch with us at Radio Three mm-hmm. as well, and the South China Morning Post. The public can also get involved by raising money for us. So there's donating money, but also if you can set up a fundraising cause, that would be amazing too. If have I you, can... do, you have any examples of where people who have done that? Yes, that's right. So this weekend, for example, we've got the Hong Kong Open, which is by the Hong Kong Golf Club. They've very kindly come together um, from actually started yesterday all the way through to this Sunday, the 12th of November. And um, they've been supporting uh, this event with their own charity event since 1987. Wow. So uh, it's called the Hong Kong Open. For more information, you can you can go there as well. This is, is that at the Fanling Golf Club? That's right. Be much, much talked about. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good. That's well, I'm, right. I'm glad to hear they're doing some good in the community. Yeah, we really Really, really appreciate their contribution to Operation Santa Claus. Uh, Swire Properties is another great. Uh, Swire is another great uh, teammate of Operation Santa Claus. Uh, every year they'll organize various events, and this year they've uh, organized again, once again, the White Christmas Fair, which will be on the 30th of November, uh, the first to the 10th of uh, December as well. And it's open to everyone. So uh, it's Choco Land mm. is the theme this year. Uh-huh. And lots of shops, lots of vendors. Um, for more, you can go to the fa- their Facebook page, which is uh, f- uh, Facebook forward slash Swire Xmas Fair, all one word. I think this one is in Quarry Bay. That's oh, yeah. right. I That's think so. Yeah, it's in their yeah. place so in Taipei. can go there. Yeah. And then we've also got one presented by the Chinese Recreation Club, the CRC opening, which is at uh, Tung Lo Wan Road in Causeway Bay. And they've organized an event from the 14th of October all the way through to the 26th of November. So it's happening. Uh, one that I'd really like to draw attention to as well uh, is one that's organized by the Italian Women's Association. They are such a wonderful and fun group of ladies. I believe it. The Italian, I won't even do the accent, but you know, they're just so vibrant. The Italian, the Italian Charity Fair, which is happening on the 2nd of December at the Duchess of Kent Hospital at Sandy Bay in Poffelham. Mm. And once again, it's open to everyone. And they've got sort of a great, a great time to do some Christmas shopping, if I may sort of say that. Sure. They've got all sorts of things, leather goods for women, mm. um, faux leather goods as well, um, you know, food, uh, sunglasses, accessories, all at a dis- makeup, mm. all at discounted rates because they want to, it's all from the manufacturers who have very kindly donated to them so that the public can benefit. And all the proceeds will go to Operation Santa Claus. Fantastic. Italian leather. That makes me think of uh, Maniskin at the Eurovision contest. Can I get one of those outfits? You know, all, all leather, uh, Italian leather, yeah? Yeah, I, I, your people, I can get your people to speak to their people. Okay, for uh, a good cause, for a good cause, Operation Santa Claus. Exactly. And, um, you know, every year, all these corporates uh, will, will also 
organise events. I remember one year we did the mini golf as well. But that's it. I can hear the music cueing me. So No, that's fine. we got 30 <laughs> seconds left to go. Uh, Radio 3's Noreen Mir coming to enlighten us on what is happening with Operation Santa Claus. You're going to hear a lot about it on RTHK over the next few weeks. Uh, you know, participate where you can, give where you can, organize uh, an event to support it if you can. I'm Andrew Work. I'd like to thank Karha for joining us, uh, joining me on today's show. Thank you. Uh, to, ho- to host, we're going to be back on the airwaves on Monday with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse. We're going to be burning up the airwaves. Uh, I'd also like to get my thanks in to Raphael Blit, our producer, and our sound engineer, Song Wing Ming. Thank you very much. And this has been Back Chat.